your doctor. All right, welcome back to another session of the Doctors In podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Tyler Lemko. Uh, I'm a doctor. Don't worry about it. I just am. Uh, today, I'm joined by a very interesting guest, Eleven. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, thank you. Are you, you look fantastic. I'm pretty high. So, for those, <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know, Eleven is a entertainer, a rapper. He recently just completed one of the most absurd things I've ever heard of, where he did uh, a new song, a new original rap song or R&B song with an accompanying original music video for 365 days. <coughs> he did t- a new song and video for 2018. Yep. Well, let me <coughs> let me start by asking. Um, yes. Why? <laughs> Good question. Uh, Gary V, I guess, inspired the idea. It was um, Jarnell from MC2 Media, who's the video production company that I partnered with to do this. He came to me over to my place because um, I was a hired actor in one of the small productions that he did one time for just like web media. And then he followed my Instagram and he noticed I was doing like a daily freestyle, just hashtag daily freestyle, just trying to gain some clout or whatever. Because you've been a freestyle, that freestyle guy for years, right? Yeah, I traveled, yeah. I took it on tour, I crowdfunded a tour, I like perform like bomb private gigs as making up songs on the spot yeah. for specific brands or private people or private companies. Uh, yeah, so it's like my thing. And then he comes to me and he's like, we have this idea inspired by, and then Jesse was saying that, I'm like, Gary V? And I had just went on, you know when you go on those Gary V rabbit hole yeah. binges? I, had I try ch- not to, but yeah. I no, know yeah. You, I know what you mean. Because <laughs> no, then I watch like four videos and I'm like, I gotta start a t-shirt company. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I know, you get so much juice and fire off it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he got so we we clicked on the idea right away, just as an idea, just because it's like no one's done it yet. Like right. no one has has no one done that. Well, not to the degree that we set for ourselves. That like we have like a list of like thing like song has to be like over a minute. Like the, most of them are over right. two minutes. Most of them are three four minutes. But just like these are the bottom set rules, right? So we had like rules and a goal and to be fully shot and executed music video, yeah. right? Like different concepts and and just like colored, like what, like yeah, they look different and marketable cool. commercial, like music videos, yeah. right? So they're all specs. It's not, it's not you on a balcony with an iPhone. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's music videos. Yeah. They're like fucking, you know, they're good. They, so he comes to me and says that. And then he's like, are you down to do this? I'm like, yeah. Like just right away, he's like, "Are you are you sure you're gonna take some time to think about it?" I'm like, "No, that's this is seems about right." Like just like for right now, because where I'm at or where I like was at at that point was I had just released I had just released facts with Matt. Yeah. Matt released facts with me and Humble. Yeah. And I produced it. And Matt Santoro, whose living room we're sitting in. Yeah, Matt Santoro, <laughs> my bro, he's, he's uh, been very instrumental in, yeah, in, uh, in just life. <laughs> well, yeah, it's great. But, um, so I just essentially didn't really have a next move at so the had, time. That's awesome. You had room I had on your room. Um, and, oh, but also something exciting just happened. Like, and I just met Humble. Me and Humble became great friends. And. Yeah, I was just like, okay, well, now's the time to fucking do something like 
impressive like, like like here like balls in your hand right now like you just like you're like i'm like once you know this once you work with people who are who have been creating at a high caliber for a while it's like oh man it kind of like wakes you up a yeah, bit. Like, oh sure. shit like i'm i'm in this space right it's now like a shot of adrenaline yeah like, like i go from being the most professional guy at like a fucking book showcase where nobody's getting paid to like being in the room with people who are like fucking killing it in yeah. life and i'm just like okay like yeah for sure no i'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like but that's the greatest joy is feeling like the dumbest person in the room well it's a blessing yeah. always, right so and that's what i was just, that was it was kind of for me personally this is the personal me answer because you said safe space <laughs> i can give you like the marketplace uh, fit no, 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 answer no. but no yeah. it was honestly just like when you say why it's like because i fucking like i i released three projects three or four projects um and you know, it's just, it's crazy to get like numbers without some sort of boom. So it's like, yeah. do something interesting. And the worst case scenario is I just become a better writer and a better mixer and a better, yeah. I, I just understand how to project manage music. But like now I've worked with a team. Like now yeah. I've directed a team. Like in one year you've made a career's worth of, like a, a busy career's worth of, of music and content. Yeah, words have become like a different disassociated thing for me when what they used to be. Yeah. No, because of that many words. <laughs> and just like listening and, and mixing different people, like I've mixed your voice, like yeah. listening to like the intonations of different rhythms from different humans, it's like sound like it, that like the words that i'm just like oh that's cute like you want me to tell you what you really feel like because <laughs> it that's cool you just get sucked into audio science yeah like, and also like i know you're a very like spiritual and psychological person so like i'm sure you can hear someone perform and like know stuff about them now dude you nailed it <laughs> absolutely it's that's um it's a gift and a curse at the same time because sometimes you're just like... You just want to make music sometimes. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, I mean, well, I think that it is all part of music, though, because if someone has, like, say there's a, there's a hesitation in their inflection that leads back to insecurity. So now I'm going to be honest with that artist as a producer and be like, okay, I know you're writing this song about how confident you are, especially rappers, but yeah. I'm going to be like, bro, you know, it's actually fucking sexy to be vulnerable and yeah. like, let's shift this song in this direction. Like, I don't play like fucking like lyrical shit anymore. It's like, oh, okay. And there's nothing more cringy than like someone trying to <laughs> brag and boast who's like clearly not. It's like, yo, bitch. Not, yeah. Like, <laughs> like honestly, I like, know. but there's a market to be a little bitch. So it's like you so, just yeah, accept what you are. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's why you listen to the greats like Eminem and you're like, well, why did his shit stick so hard? It's because like he fucking believed. Yeah. Well, that's like, what we were talking about earlier today that yeah. I find I struggle with. Like I have full confidence in my talent, my abilities, but believing that like, oh, I could host a show on NBC. Like that sounds crazy to me. But like, where's the rest of the world be like, that's a fucking perfect thing. Like we right. need Tyler in that space. We need to ground it like journalists, like someone who's going to hold it down. But yeah, it's all, you're the only person you got to win over. Yeah, exactly. You're the only one. Cause then when the fucking, <laughs> when you have that confidence, the fucking seize part. Yeah. And there are moments like I notice in myself, like I'm a pretty confident guy and now I come off. It definitely is that because the high energy thing, but I've definitely struggled with a lot of like self-worth and I think uh, having that self-belief, I, you know, can identify with the struggle of it. But then, like I said, you just got to switch that brain focus right. to have that habit, build that neuroscience groove to go to right. a better place. Because you're because I find and we were discussing this earlier, we're like human minds are like super 
we don't realize how easy it is to just reprogram and we rewire them. Yeah. So like if you think a certain way, you could change that. Within like a month. Yeah, it's, 21 just, it's days. just effort. Mm-hmm. Just effort and, and realizing it and being conscious of it. Nonstop effort. Yeah. So at first it's literally exhausting. Oh, for sure. Like you're literally like taking off an identity suit yeah. and that identity suit is attached to your ego, which is like the motherfucking venom of the game. Like yeah. Spider-Man is like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's either work really hard at it or just do way too many mushrooms. One, one, one or the other will get you there. Secret door. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but I love the conversation that we were having earlier as well about, um, the victimhood mentality and how that even holds back some cultures and that's definitely what happens I think with some individuals as well like I, I've worked and tried to help and grow with some artists that I was coming up with and it was just like wow you can't shift that entitlement mm-hmm. from your victimhood and until you take responsibility and like that's when you kind of grow apart or grow together totally but yeah so moving back to the the song a day for a year um, <laughs> do you think that the how do I word it? Like, do you think that the level of quality was at all detrimental? And, and this is why I asked this, because I know there's been a lot of at, a lot of artists who have found success, uh, and by success I mean like views and listens and plays and like popularity success. Money. Um, yeah, money. Yeah. Um, a lot of artists have found success in like bombarding with content, but they're always like, purposefully bad is something I've noticed where like a little right. B for example or even a riffraff would be like here's five songs in a week for a year but like they're clearly not that good whereas yours were like all good to the point where it's like almost a, a drawback you're right you're wow holy <laughs> shit and that's a multi-level question yeah there's three um, I don't know if I even asked a question <laughs> no well uh, you brought forth very good topics that are like definitely riffable uh, <clears throat> one did I think the quality suffered because of the so well did your did your music do you find your music suffered from like a regular 11 song to like a song a day for a year 11 song they are different products and I charge differently for them. Uh, like to different brands, to different clients. There, There's like a one take freestyle song, mm. which probably took up about 30% of the space. Um, there's like a, a written song, which I don't really write, but I like do like freestyle punch-ins. Mm-hmm. Like, so a beat comes and I go, oh, okay, this is the good line. I go, yeah. so that's like the closest. And I've, I've ever seen writing. you do that where like, it's not necessarily written, but if you think about it for a couple more seconds, like it just becomes more shaped. It's manifested, yeah. like stronger, crystallized. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It crystal. You let it crystallize. Um, so they are different products, but what just kept happening is like the bot. Your bottom keeps raising. You literally get like point 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 one of a cent better every time. Right. So by the time I did that much content, my my one t- I have one take freestyle songs that I'm like. I was gonna re-record them to release them, but it's like, and also, so I was, I was mixing everything too. Mm-hmm. So I, I produced about half of it. I stole about twenty-five percent <laughs> of the beats. From, was stole like repurposed. The, the, repurposed, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the you know the YouTube free beats. Yeah. As long as they all say free in front of them, yeah. and it's like it's on my YouTube channel. I'm not even like a verified like like I. We didn't break like a hundred thousand subscribers. Like this didn't do crazy in the third dimension. I call the third dimension like the human world, like you're saying, like the monetary yeah. world kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, so the, 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 I'm not concerned. I would never put out something 
that I think would be detrimental to my brand. There's about a handful of them, like five of them, that as soon as we get the Guinness World Book confirmation, I'm going to take down. Okay. There's about five. Okay. Out of 365, that's yeah. not a bad ratio. Yeah. And there's about fucking like a 20-30% amount of songs that I'm like kind of just like, fuck, these are specs for like really great songs. That you can turn into something. Like really And there's great. nothing stopping you from doing that. Exactly. Yeah. Like... There's just one song called Still Woulda, and I, I I made it on this like for YouTube beat, but it, it's a song about like, hey, if this is all I get from doing a challenge like this, or it, it just in career in general, it's yeah. like, you know, like you're not David Letterman yet, like you're not your own version, but <laughs> even at this point as Ty, if this was all so far, like, we're, like I still right. woulda, like I still would, like that's a good concept, like that's for one sure. of my songs, and God, and like, I think that's, views, and like, that's a great mind. mentality that you have though, that like, most people who pour this much time and energy and effort and this much of themselves into something that doesn't kind of reach the, uh, like you say, third dimension success that it was anticipated would be like so shook by that. But you're such a positive person that you're like, look how much I fucking learned. <coughs> <laughs> Look I'm how much I got from this. Like I'm selling now. Like I'm actually yeah. like it cranked me the fuck up to like, people being like, oh, you're doing something. And not only that, but like you kind of have to just look at the facts of where – like we're sitting in a gorgeous apartment in Los Angeles. We're in LA recording a podcast. Who knows if you didn't do this where you'd be right now. Exactly. Yeah, thousand so percent. It all leads – I, there's Somewhere. no way you talk to me. <laughs> For sure no not. way. For sure not. No, you were one of the fucking songs, man. That was awesome. I, one, our music video is one of my favorites. That was a good one. That was. It was a fun experience because, like... We got kicked out of my condo building room. <laughs> we did. <laughs> but just to see, like, how much... I, I figured, like, okay, we're going to show up and do, like, one or two takes and that's it. And, like... A couple minutes in, I was like, holy shit, like, we're making a music video. I, yeah. thought, I thought I was coming to, like, take, like, record for 10 minutes and then we'll chill. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, like, I just finished a 10-hour workday and now we're, like, filming a music video. I yeah. guess I'm in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, you killed it. You're like, yeah, I'll swing by for sure. After I was in, like, work clothes, right? Or, like, boxing in your back alley now. <laughs> we switched it up. We got, where are you? And you rolled up the sleeves, like, this yellow yeah. thing. You had a bandana randomly in your bag. Always. I like it. I had, like... Like just a fucking tensor bandage. We put some ketchup. We only had like four packs of ketchup yeah. I put them on my face after <laughs> we spit it out. Yeah. Yeah. No, the guys move and that's the thing. Like I'm really looking for, so our goal. So overall, like this whole like first question about mm -hmm. the year 365 thing, me and MC2 audio me, media are in a partnership to get brand deals together. Right. Like, so that's like the end goal. We started the year with one and we've done a couple projects and throughout, but now we just have like endless specs and they are such a good team. Like they're like, you saw the way like Maddie worked, like, man, they would just have no excuses and they just mm -hmm. like, like just execute. Like it, it, it was so good. So that's going to be really exciting to be able to give them some budget. Yeah. Now they're that super professional. They're good. Like that's like those guys did literally like I'd take care of lunch. Like that like it was a, we were both contributing. We're both like, you know what I mean? Like just creatively yeah. giving it all of our time and things. So that's what I'm, that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to the most is like getting some bigger brand deals yeah. and being able to like, here's 30 K to do like, like your wildest dreams of a video. Right. Cause like without getting into too much detail, but like 
how did you survive as a person that has bills and groceries to buy? I know. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, me and my <laughs> wife are on this journey too of like giving ourselves better circumstances. Right. And like, you know, she's 30, like, you right. know, like we're like, you got to grow as a person and you can't like slag behind. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, the whole thing was just so adrenaline pumping that it got me to a business state of mind at the same time because it's like, oh my God, now this is costing me money. I'm going to have to do something to subsidize the cost. This is having, because this is so much output, right? Like artists save to do one video for a reason and like make that shit happen, like buying props. Like I bought- And just the opportunity cost of like, you're spending hours every single freaking day. Yeah. Literally it was an average of about eight hours for like five days a week for sure. Yeah. It's a full-time job. Yeah. Literally. And then I'm also mixing and then also like I wrote, I wrote Carl Wolf's album. Yeah. Like, and I'm writing for other people and mixing and trying to fit that in. And, and then also trying to like see Winnie and stuff too. Yeah. Uh, and have a life. <laughs> I don't know. I cut that last one. <laughs> I cut that last one. My life is like, this is, this is enough life for me. You yeah. Know? It's chill with bro. So what is recording? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did that by being a creative freelance man, by keeping the pedal on the gas. I have to, you introduced me to one of my contracts that was sustainable. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, that was know, a cool gig. Cause like it's, get on and freestyle. Right? It's like, I, I just got to transfer my audience to another brand that I was like, sure. Like I, it's, it's, it was a marijuana brand, yeah. like a cannabis brand, which and, is on brand for you, which is on brand for me. <laughs> and I'm trying to have more partnerships with cannabis related material because I think I'm a good example of like a workaholic weed person. Exactly. Like, like that's a fucking oxymoron to some people. Exactly. And it's like, bro, do you know like that weed's like a soup for me, not for every person, but it's a, it's possible that it is the case. Like yeah. you can be sharp and respectful sure. and clean and so I know a stoner. I know something interesting. Yeah, because there's this like lazy Cheetos on the couch. I know stigma. it's so rude. So, <laughs> so I know. So for like, I've been a freelancer and like working independently for a decade now. Yeah, and it's longer than me. I've always had this habit of like, I'll sit at my desk and I'll, I'll work all day. And then at around like seven, eight o'clock, I transit transition to the couch and I'm still on my laptop and I'm still working, but I'm kind of like easing, like the TV's playing. So you're not kinda, stopping work. No, I don't. I never stop just work. Allow I take distractions the, now. Yeah. I take the foot off the gas a bit and that transition to like kind of get me from day to night. I'd always have like a drink or two. I'd pour a whiskey or a scotch or something. Ooh. I'd always have a drink or two like four or five nights a week. You want to have a drink right now? Uh, when we're done. Yeah. (laughs) But, Oh, that's a little sign of an alcoholism right there. (laughs) So like six months ago, I, I switched it to rather than a drink or two, I have like two or three puffs of a joint. I love it. Um, I'm, I literally like, it'll take me over a week to go through a joint. That's how much I smoke. Like not much at all, but every night just to like have that transition, I take two, three puffs and I get a little buzz. But I noticed something like that. I I made that switch about like eight, nine months ago. And for the first few months I would get high and then just sit on the couch and I would eat snacks and I would watch TV and I would be that guy. (laughs) So it is kind of true. Yeah, I would be that guy. So what I did, we were talking about like conscious and subconscious, subconscious thinking. Mm -hmm. What I did, I was like, Hey, every time I get high, I'm going to go to the gym. And then now when I get, if I do smoke weed, 
I'm like, holy fuck, I have energy. I want to work out. I like reprogram that. It's associating. Yeah. Exactly. It, it sucked for the first like three weeks. All I oh, want to do is just sit and do nothing when I get high. But I like reprogrammed it to the point where now if I smoke a joint, I have energy. Yes. Yo. <laughs> Bro, that's so sick. I like yes, manually did it. You're a perfect it. case. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like people think that they're victims of stimuluses, but it's like, first of all, stimulus is just serving your own need to adjust your perspective anyway. If you could adjust your own perspective without the stimulus, then, you know, that would be ultimate mastery of self, right? Like (laughs) if I could be as unflustered as I am with weed without weed, I would not need stimulus. Like it's actually usually like medicine. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's literally, you can control where the stimulus takes you like you did. Like you don't have to be a victim of that because in one way we probably started doing those things cause we observed some sort of media tell us that that was that or a friend or, or yeah. something. Honestly, yeah, food tastes amazing. And if you're smoking an indica, you do want to rest your bones a bit. But like, <laughs> you can take what I did is because I did this, I, I went through a similar experience of transition, and the weights just feel so heavy at first. Really, fine. I did at first when I went from needing to relax and being smoked. Yeah. Although I wasn't ever really a potato couchy. Like I don't really like to sit down as a rule. <laughs> I like to stand and like That's move. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but when I, you know, there definitely was those times with weaning and stuff. We just lounge out. Yeah. And then I did transition it to the gym and I liked how hard it was. Really? I See? liked how heavy it was. And then once I got the pump, I was like, <gasps> Your body just works in complete flow when you have weed going like in your mind. It's amazing. I noticed two things about being high in the gym. Um, And by no means am I like condoning or saying like everyone should try it. But for me, it worked where... No, everyone should try it. Just not everyone should do it. Sure. Sure. Whatever that means. Sorry. (laughs) Um, But I noticed that first thing was I concentrated on the muscle I was working out so much better. Yeah. Rather than like, let's say I was doing uh, bicep curls. And like, normally it's like my, my whole body feels that and I'm like. Cause you're lifting with your ego. Right. Almost, you know? Whereas when I'm high, like it's literally just concentrated in the bicep and I'm doing it so perfectly and feeling it. Yes. That's what I mean by I felt yeah. heavier. So I there's was, that. Yes. And then kind of related to it is I find being a bigger guy I get looked at a lot in the gym. People expect me to be very strong. And I'm a strong guy, but like there's some times where like I just want to bench 135 because I'm warming up or something. Like I get looks and as much as I'd like to say I don't care what people think, it's impossible not to completely. We're a social creature. So I find when I'm in the gym, I'm often like looking around at who's looking at me and what they're like judging me on. (laughs) Fuck. And then when I get high, I am so in my own don't world that fuck. I don't care. Bro. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I'll even, like, I'll have earphones in and be, like, <clears throat> singing along to stuff out loud. Because I don't yes. care. Yes. Fuck, I love that <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's the best. So let's get back to uh, your career. Uh, <laughs> we've talked about the three. So wait, I wanted to get an answer from you about, like, Artists who, like a Lil B, for example, yeah, puts out like such not as much anymore, but for years, kind of built an, a name for himself by just bombarding with content. But it almost 
worked because it was that style of of let go, let loose. Uh, yeah, I'm, that, I, I'm putting no thought or effort into this, uh, so people kind of gravitated towards that. Very much riffraff. Yeah, like, very much. And yours is like, oh, this is thought out and good. I don't know if I can be so comfortable. You're honestly true, man. You're nailing something. And whether it's a breakthrough, whether I change the market or the market change me, we'll see where I'll end up in a year. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> you, but you're right. You're nailing it. People don't want or need that much substance yet. Well, I feel like they got, most people feel challenged by. It's, it's intimidating. Yeah. I get it. Uh, but I'm just like. Yeah, don't stop. I'm not going to. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, all right, I've manifested. Like I've manifested into this being just like you have. For some reason, I'm here in this space and time, and this is what I want to do. So I'm gonna keep going, yeah. <laughs> like until it either becomes something that is a like a hybrid. I think that's why he probably was where it going. Like I'm working on this song right now with Eastbound, and like that's like like he produced the antidote. Like his beats are like commercial. Yeah. And my writing is kind of traditionally uncommercial because I talk about consciousness and stuff. I'm not talking about like pull up to the club with your bitch. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Punch those guys in the mouth. Okay, <laughs> sorry. That's what I want to say. Don't be violent. Be lovely. I'll love those guys. I'll give them a <laughs> hug and tell them everything's okay and that they can release their ego. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you nailed it, man. It's true. It's, it really is true. Like I probably should have had more fun more of the time. Well, it's not that it wasn't not, not fun. Should, but like I did boom bang. I did fun, but literally yeah. when I take every concept and flip it on people, it gets like five percent of the people in the room, like well, yourself, like Matt. People who do attract to me. It, it excites them and they love me, yeah. but it scares the shit out of like forty percent. Because you're gonna you're gonna attract diehards who like really appreciate. And those what are the you're people doing. I give a fuck about anyway. Right. What's the like uh, a thousand loyal fans is better than a million fans? Right? I'm, I'm that's honestly that's been my goal since the beginning of my career. Just yeah. get a thousand. I got around maybe fifty to a hundred right now. To yeah. be perfectly frank, that's like, great. But to, like people who show up who buy my merch now, I'm like a, yeah. a kind of a. I saw there was a dude on Instagram. I, uh, who like commented on your stuff that was like 11 fan or something. I'm blessed. Like, I was like, wow, I'm, cool. Yeah, like it's coming through now. Like it's coming through people. Like I got a great message today. Like it's, you know, it's starting to, you know, come directly for me now, which yeah. is cool because I've been super blessed even like to work with you, man. Like to work with people who have like done some really cool shit in the notable eye. And then, you know, I have gotten some crossover fans, but now I'm starting to like develop the 11 fan. Yeah. You know? And you've been doing this for like the past year has been like the most intensive laborly year, but like you've been doing this forever. Yeah, I've been doing, <laughs> well, I dropped out of high school to start doing like stand up comedy and acting. And then, but yeah, for since 2012, I've been focused on music. And you would like travel around doing it in like. I go to yeah. playlists. I was, you know, yeah. I'm not still not a feature creator on playlists, but like I would go to performance bandy Andy. I would travel, yeah, all the all that shit's on me, yeah. And like go, I went to New as soon as I busked in New York, that shit gave me huge validation. Yeah, you know, I'm like. Of course, money's definitely a goal. Money's great. I love it. Come to me. But I've gotten so much value out of life by the mo like it's all moments, like just to collect experiences, yeah. like data, like. I like I got through like yeah I went through like yeah I think I went to New York on a bus like three years ago and I just like bought a speaker there and just like did a couple shows like I, I went and performed like in New York I went to it like I played with like fucking like the on-call keyboard player for the root like people in New York are heavy like and you can get in big jams and yeah. it's just like 
And then I stayed outside rapping with him till 2, 3 a.m., just ciphering in the streets and start like in Manhattan. Like, people don't know that. That wasn't televised, but like, right. that was for me. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I've been doing the craft for like definitely a long time right. and like giving it a lot, yeah. And money is such like, yes, it's necessary. Like, People who say like money doesn't buy happiness, they're wrong because money buys freedom, which buys which is they, happiness. They just don't know where to shop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because money money brings freedom, which is what everyone wants. But having said that, money is also like it's a human created thing that we are such slaves to, and it's so you stupid. have to make your money your slave. You have to make money yeah. your bit. Money wants to be told where to go. Right. Like you get this phone, this value. You had that put that money there somewhere and it's just like a token design of what it's worth to you. The v- concept of value is fucking trippy. Yeah, that's why I love, uh, I love the art world. Cause you could just say, like you could be a painter and just be like, yeah, this is $50,000. And like someone might buy that. Dude. Like I started, you know, I started painting. I love your paintings, they're hilarious. Had, I had no clue. That was the hardest part for me is what to price them at. Yeah. Because like, I don't want to just price them at what the uh, like materials the cost. Yeah, because yeah. like I put thought and effort and, and like energy An and unquantifiable my, yeah myself into it. Like it's yeah. my thoughts and effort, um, but also like I know I'm not a, a painter or an artist, so like I can't justify saying these are a thousand dollars. So I was like, I I have no idea. I, I put them all at like between like. 50 and 90. Amazing. Cause like that seems fair, but I could have put, low, but yeah. I could have put any, like someone reached out to me and wanted uh, like a piece that I made that's on my wall that I like spray painted on a mattress. <laughs> I, I spray painted nothing really mattress and <laughs> it's not for sale. I just made it cause I wanted to hang it on my wall and someone saw it in a picture. Nothing and, really matters. I've been saying that a lot. Yeah, mattress. I love <laughs> But someone reached out to me and asked how much for it. And I was like, $800? It was a real mattress? Yeah. You have a mattress on your wall? Yeah. That's amazing. That I spray painted and put a happy face on. And did they buy it? They haven't gotten back to me, but like that just seemed like I have no clue. I found the mattress and I bought a $12 bottle of spray paint. Like <clears throat> No, but you made art out of it. Yeah. Straight up. And something that I... The, the value I put on it was the value it meant for me to not have it anymore. You should say 12 k <laughs> Should be like twelve thousand yeah. dollars. Do you prefer e-transfer? Or do you pay? <laughs> yeah, I'll invoice you right now. I'll take increments, uh, only broken into threes, though. I'm gonna need four up front. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what would you say? We'll start positive. What's your favorite thing about what you do? Uh, being able to find a core honesty about something. I consider myself like a vessel, like a songwriter at Ultimate. So. If there's a concept that needs to be expressed and manifested into a communicated like audio document, like a song is, it's like, I'll be the available antenna for that. So I love the connection to source energy it gives me. I wish you could monetize saying things I never understand. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I get what you mean. You're just great at like, you're so good at like- Channeling. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you, you have such an interesting way of like, wording things <laughs> that like your brain goes to awesome places Bless. thanks bro <laughs> yeah, yeah i think that's uh i think you're on. a very you're a very pure artist in a sense that thanks, like cr- the creation is is so meaningful it's not just like what's gonna sell or what's gonna look sick like what's 
fuck yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. That's like the best thing you can make. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what would you say is... Because on this podcast, I like to talk about like all the cool things people do, but also the parts that like people don't necessarily think about or realize. Like we've touched on like, obviously it's a volatile life. It's like a crazy turbulent career. Yeah, parts. What's like your least favorite part? <laughs> the uncertainty, I think sometimes is crazy. Um, parts that used to be my technical quote unquote unfavorite parts, I turned into my favorite parts. Right, cool. So at first, learning how to mix was so defeating. Right. Like, cause you know why I learned how to mix? Because of so many super explosive, hurtful, bad for business, bad for personal uh, relationships that crumbled and they were like my producer, or they were like my mixing or they, it's, it's not okay to think that you're gonna be the sole proprietor of something and not be able to provide all of it fundamentally. Just fundamentally, knowing how to guide it. If you're still relying on someone for something that you can't do alone fully, I, I, I don't know. I believe in working in teams, but that's just me, the way I operate. So I had to learn how to mix because it wasn't working. Yeah. Uh, so literally, man, I fucking got, so this would be good for people who like think that it's like fucking sweet. Cause yeah, <laughs> we're sitting somewhere here now. I would get up before my shit fucking promo job, like seven, eight, and this is when I was a fucking struggling, stupid musician who like drank every night till like 3 a.m. I would give my fucking ass up at like seven or eight and just mix. Really? I just, just like, it would suck. Like it yeah. sucked. I sucked for so long. I sucked for longer than I'm good now still. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like it's like, so getting up and like, not really like seeing a payoff right away, but it was just, I was so much more informed the next time I was in a studio, because yeah. at that time I was still paying to go to studios. And it was like those little things I could talk about, compressors or exciters or throw a de on it or bring my EQs up in the 2.K region or some shit, like I could just say things now. Yeah, so, and you don't realize it when you're in it, because it's you, like, it's like, when a friend of yours has a kid and you don't see it for two months and you're like, holy shit, that kid got big. They didn't notice it. You're though. in the driver's seat. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you don't get that perspective of like, dude, what the fuck? Your shit. So like, and then my homie, Jamuel Roberts, who he's been in here. We had a session. He's on tour with this girl on Mel. Oh my God, she's beautiful. And she's a great singer. Uh, yeah, they had I red. Her. I know you will. Uh, they had a Red Bull music performance. Oh, cool! Uh, it was the point where I just kind of tucked my head and fucking got up every morning, like yeah. Saturday mornings before fucking shit promo get. And then I did that for about two years, probably, like of just tucking and going and just kind of not taking, not taking the answer that I can't do this as a thing. Right, and also realizing that. If you love doing things C, but you need A to do C, then you better get good at A. Like, I hate editing. I hate editing videos. Yes. But I've gotten so good at editing videos because I don't want anyone else to edit my videos. <laughs> I'm going to do a better job. Exactly. Yeah. It's part of the artistry. Yeah. It's part of how you interact when you're on camera because you're going to need this thing. It's the same thing with me when I'm writing things. I'm like, I need a latch reverb right here. Like, I, like, I'm not leaving it up to chance of someone understanding my style. I'm yeah. gonna make my own style. So, and then I did it for about two years. 
And then it was like when Jemuel Roberts, like at my MD at the time, he's just great music collaborator, started going like, dude, like you're like, who makes this? And then, you know, it's like when we do shit, he still gets his studio guy at Metalworks, big studio in Toronto <laughs> to do his vocals at least. But I always vocally treat my shit. And he's like, Your production is getting better. Amazing. And I'm like, because okay. I remember a buddy of mine was a music producer and I used to sit and watch him edit for hours and like, it's nonstop, man. He would spend like 20 hours on a, on a vocal that I couldn't hear the difference between before he started. That's what's so defeating about that first time. People are like, oh, I think so. But it's like, okay, just give me another like six hours. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he was trying to explain to me. I remember him telling me about like uh, frequency waves and also there's like pink noise and white noise and you want to keep it a certain thing and like he was literally putting it into context that my brain can't understand like colors how are you editing in colors you put a noise gate on it and blocks out the high, super high super low frequency so it's just in the center so it doesn't affect the right the, the audio can't hear you when you walk away oh sorry <laughs> i'm saying words that wouldn't matter if you yeah. can hear me anyway um but yeah like i remember him explaining to me uh audio editing in terms of colors and i was just like that's nonsense that's well, it's funny though that you mentioned those two things together because color, the association between colors and audio is how I do what I do. Really? Yeah. Like that's the answer to all my, because I have no musical training. Right. But it's like. You've just done it a lot. You know, done it a lot, <laughs> but I like, because you know, it's a freestyle thing, right? That's like, because I'm synesthetic. So I see. What's that? It's we, uh, there's a, the terms uh, synesthesia. Uh, comes in several manifestations. Uh, there's audio, there's sensory, there's like just different different sense senses, and it's when um, like an emotional or a thought impulse or something or some sort of technical stimulation like sound vibration cro overlaps uh -huh. with a created sensation inside of your brain that can sometimes manifest as smells. You right. see colors, you feel things. Interesting type sensory stuff that yeah. overlaps. So they both shoot off at the same time, something's going on. So ever since a kid, say my dad will play guitar and when he would play things in a certain key, it'd be like kind of emotionally seeing an aura. Like if you close your eyes and you kind of like imagine like a glow of green. Yeah. And so I, if he was playing one song, it'd be like a kind of intuitive, imaginatory glow of green just in my field of vision, kind of when you huh. close your eyes. And then a lot of times someone would play like an A minor and I would be like, oh, it was like a caramel, dark brown suede. And the more intense the drums got, then the darker the color got. And wow. then the lighter the drums got and the more staccato the rhythms got, the the, the, the lighter it would be. So, yeah. dark. so I feel like this is how Stevie Wonder sees. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so that's the thing. So when I'm freestyling, I, I, I would have it up on rappers in the early days of Cyphers because I would blend into beats better, right? right? So they're going like talking off key kind of, like yeah. if they didn't know, but I would be able to like find rhythm pockets because I was like, well, that's just a lime green little right. rhythm song. I get with it. Because you're very much so, uh, you're very much so a musical nerd in the sense that like, you don't just like put on the headphones and rapidly rap like you are obsessed about this stuff and like like Kobe Eskin studying game tape. <laughs> yes, like, sir. You analyze this stuff to such an interesting degree. Yeah, plus yeah, it's totally. really cool to see. And it's also like you're uh, you're a good example of like you can't just like 
you can't just half-ass things if you want to be successful at it. Totally. And also, like, Bless. like even even personally, like, I was going through yesterday on my laptop, I was clearing out space and saw, like, scripts I wrote for sketches, like, eight years, nine years ago, and, like, oh, my God, these are bad. But, like, you got to do those because you got to be bad for a long time. You got to suck you have to so be bad. hard. Yeah. You're going to suck for longer. If, if you're lucky enough to die a legend, you've sucked for longer than you've been good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and also learning to like, even getting good doesn't, uh, you're not, uh, what's the word? Like when you expect something like, uh, just expectations. Yeah. yeah. Like, like just being good. doesn't mean you deserve the success you expect. Like, you gotta stick at it too, and you gotta you gotta take the next level challenge too. That's why I've actually learned to love about it. Um, just like I learned to love mixing, but one of the things I hated at first was the business side. Yeah, that can be really brutal. And at first, if you don't have the thick skin, yeah, that can like really take you down a bit. And then you really just gotta force yourself into trimming the fat on your personal inventory too. Like sometimes you're saying a person. Part of your personality doesn't serve you in certain ways. It's like, look, okay, evolve or fucking stop here. <laughs> and also, like you mentioned, like, and I obviously relate in the sense of like the volatility of this like freelance creative life we both kind of live. It's a wild habitat. It is, but at the same time, like, it's what keeps the fire on. You can't need drop it. It's, the ball. it's necessary. I was talking about that with. If Matt, you were yeah. safe, if you were safe and like knew that like next month you're making X amount, you wouldn't you wouldn't get up at seven a.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> exactly to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah it. Um it can definitely drag you into a distracted place if you let it. But I find just <clears throat> now, because we we actually shared a client one time, that I was doing too much. I mean, it, that was in the film production world, so I, I didn't affect my music brand at all or my way of thinking. But I took this value back to my thinking is kind of when you're creating something with your head, it just kind of is bound to, it will serve its purpose because it will fit and it will check all the boxes, but it won't sit right. Like something won't feel yeah. globally, it won't have that fucking cha-ching when you know you really hit it. You yeah. know when like, you know, and, and so I learned to do things with my heart first. Right. And then have enough business maturity as an entrepreneur to trim the fat on it after it's been created. Like yeah. create first, have this thing. Oh, it turned out to be a great thing. Now I'm lucky. Now what can I do with it? Exactly. Which is a great mentality and honestly a revelation I only had very recently where like, yes, I know I like to write scripts. I like to be on camera. I like to do entertaining, funny things. And I've always stayed within that realm. But having said that, I've always made decisions based on like, Oh, this company might be interested in this, or oh, right. this person might like this, or uh, this might get some views because people might like this thing. And it's always based on like what I can provide. Mm -hmm. And I've never, until like honestly a couple weeks ago, started trying to like reprogram myself to think like, what do I want? What do I want to make? What do I want to be? And then go do that. Um, and I've all I've I've even like known that for years, but never 
kind of practice what I preach. Like, well, sometimes you, well, dude, that's a thing. Because you don't even realize you're not doing it until you're like, holy shit, I guess I wasn't doing it. And you had to been of just knowing it and saying it to yourself for a year before yeah. you actually checked it. But at least you brought it into your presence. Yeah, you brought it in. Yeah. To, to most people, like in my circle and in my life and who see me online or whatever, like most people would assume, oh, he's doing what he loves and what he wants to do, which isn't untrue. But at the same time, like there's still a large chunk of me that's making decisions based off what people want, what's gonna work, what's feasible and possible. I think at every scale and every chapter that there's a challenge and there's a pitchfork in the yeah. road every single time. And I think you get more and more fulfilled the more you are able to, cause it, it takes effort to fucking break those walls and be like true to yourself, what do you want? What do you want to be? What do you want to do? It's hard to admit that often. Yeah. So it takes like a lot of effort to even reach the point where you can ask that question. Sounds like you're doing good though, man. You just said some shit earlier that it was great though. Yeah, like the, I think you just got to build it in your head. Nikola Tesla called it blueprinting, you know? Yeah, He would have his walks. He would be able to imagine it in his head first and like, there's a molecule test that when they shoot molecules by observation, the focus of it changes the outcome. Huh. And I think that that's the same with our thoughts and our reality. And I know what you mean about trying to chase the dragon, the gold dragon, yeah. trying to chase that gold dragon and trying to fit underneath. And then I think where I got like, you know, some of my larger opportunities just came from like kind of not giving a fuck and just doing me. Exactly. Like there's so much strength in that, you know, just like, man, like, I don't know, like, yeah, I'm not saying that you guys who are hot right now aren't cool. But I'm just saying that I'm cool. and I'm just over yeah. here. <laughs> like the scariest and equally most powerful thing. If you can attain it is like just being honest. Honestly yourself is, is the priority. We all lie to ourselves about everything. It's just like well, learning, I, I would learning. call them lies. Is the stories that you make up to keep yourself yeah. from failure and, and making scariness. harsh yeah. emotional your, leaps on yourself. Your subconscious yeah. wants to stay safe. You're trying to save yourself from any pain. That's just what happens. Exactly. It's just primitive, but yeah, it's a uh, it's healthy when you can get into the mode of checking yourself. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So before we wrap up here. I've got uh, some user-submitted uh, inquiries to the doctor that I'd like to go through with you. We'll answer a few of them. Um, so let's start with... Where's a good one? Oof. <laughs> Maybe not that one. <laughs> that one just said, Does blowjob causes HIV? <laughs> Dude, your reaction is so <laughs> fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> how do I get rid of these damn crabs? My, my girl be obsessed with buying them shits at the fish store. <laughs> ah, I see. It's tough because like I have this comedic brand. So when I ask for serious questions, people like are like, fuck you. I'm never yeah. asking anything serious. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's one you can answer. How do I be happy? <laughs> you just be happy. You allow happiness. Meditate. Meditates my answer. Meditate's a good answer. I, I agree with that. Yeah, you've had a great year with meditating too. Hey, Tyler and Evan11. How do I mentally move on from my ex desperately needing help? You make the decision to change your language from desperation to moving into fulfillment of feeling the answers. Huh. Because 
the universe just takes people in and out of your life. You should just allow that to pass. Yeah. And if you need to feel pain, that's okay. That's what I think a lot of people are trying to find answers of how to escape pain. Yeah. And I think that you should actually, well, here's the great thing. Failure is just a bully. So once you stand up to it, it gets the fuck out. Same with the doubt that it totes around. Yeah. So people are trying to find a way to not be hurting anymore. Sometimes your human experience is just to hurt for a while. Like, right. accept that it's okay and to be, be grateful hurt. grateful for those times because without the bad times, there's no good times. That's you don't feel love if you don't feel heartbroken. The law of polarity. It's yeah, exactly. Hermetic, I yeah. think uh, I, I've, I've recently been able to really develop gratitude for negatives. It's not even negatives, though, if you understand, because so but many by, things... By word. By, just by, by word. perception. Yeah. By perception But even just calling the them negatives, like, doesn't necessarily mean negative it just means it's not the opposite of positive like, yeah but so the thing is uh i like yes there's a lot of polarities but uh with experiences in your life i definitely tend to be a be a believer in the concept that everything is neutral if you choose it to be like um so i have a gun in my hand right now and i put it in the in he really the, does by the way yeah and on <laughs> on this guy's on this guy's head right yeah, he, here. there's a guy right here who's yeah shivering and then boom i blasted yeah. yeah okay and everyone's like oh no you just did that and it's like no he just raped a bunch of little girls everyone starts to cheer so that one bullet that was all of a sudden bad negative it all turned into a fucking thing so this the reality of this linear harsh scale example. harsh example really harsh but this i gotta go harsh <laughs> well that was pretty funny too if you think yeah. about it kind of yeah. all right but then but then it's just neutral so we are constantly attaching labels right. to things and calling them real for sure and then it's like but sometimes that your ex like maybe like who know, like you don't know like exactly, you don't man. know what is is good for you later exactly because you're gonna I, realize that it was a blessing i was living with someone like saving up for a ring like this was it for me like i was so ready to be done That's here so and uh be done here <laughs> like i was checking i was at the checkout and then it all fell apart and it was like i was crushed for the longest time yeah. but only in hindsight do i realize like I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't be like at all living this life I currently am. I was like looking for jobs to support us and like find something to do in Montreal that I could have security. You were gonna be like that I guy. I was gonna go be a copywriter. Who one time did that thing. Yeah, exactly. And now you're like just living the life. Which like I'm so grateful for and like, I think it's also important to, a, a very valuable thing I learned in that process is that you could still think that something or someone is beautiful or amazing or incredible or whatever and don't feel the need to own it and just admire it. You're a real fucking man. That's so like the relationship didn't exist anymore, but she still exists and I'm still happy that she exists nice and I had my time and that was it. Wow. So yeah, it was a, also mushrooms. Mushrooms, bro. <laughs> they really help. They really have an my, understanding. I told my therapist that I don't do them often, but I told my therapist that like that really helped me for like get through a, a hard breakup. And he was like, "Well, I can't like legally tell you to go for it, but like if it helps, fucking go for it." Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, psilocybin is like one of the most profound things. They they say like Joe Rogan says this like 
we're, we were fucking monkeys. We found mushrooms and we started to do cool shit. Like we yeah. started to do some fucking shit. And it literally we, connects, uh, like consciousness. Like yeah, what's it called? Like, uh, your, your neural pathways. It connects things it that strengthens. like it scientifically yeah, does. It's cool valuable. Things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so I'm going to do a bunch of mushrooms this summer <laughs> back in Toronto. Cool. Me and Winnie, um, have only done them with friends so far. And me and Winnie are going to have our first experience. Just me and her. Yeah. Um, that's cool. It's, yeah. It's I had a, awesome. uh, I had a moment. Did I just admit drag Winnie into a drugstore? Yeah, you did. Sorry. Fuck. Yeah, like my mom might be listening to this. Tyler's mom? Maybe I'll edit this part out. Anyways, mom, sorry. (laughs) Um, I had a moment where two summers ago, like right after that breakup, and I like wasn't... Tyler's mom. (laughs) I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, and I wasn't sure what I was going to like move on to, and like I felt like directionless. So I like went on a bit of a personal journey, and I was at a friend's house up north, like in the like countryside by the lake with the mountains and everything. Sick. Everyone was in the house, and I was outside like talking to trees or something. Yeah, <laughs> as walk, one does. Yeah, and I walk back into the house, and he's got this pool next to the lake, and it's just mountains and like beautiful scenery. And I was like, okay, I gotta get into the pool. And so fully clothed, I just walk into the pool and I walk into the deep end. <laughs> I gotta get into the pool. Yeah. And, now and now everyone's in the house, I'm totally alone, and I'm floating in the deep end, staring out at the mountains and the lake and the sky, and a face appeared in the sky. And I'm not a religious person, so I don't want to call this any sort of name, but a face was in the sky. And out loud, I said to it, like, um, why, why do I feel the need to do what I do? Why am I like a kid on a diving board yelling for his mom's attention? Why do I need validation from people in, in my life? Fuck. And the voice- Dude, that analogy, <laughs> the diving board is yeah. so good. And the voice said, uh, what else are you gonna do? And then I responded, is it really that simple? And the voice said, you could either worry about it or you can go inside and make a sandwich. Dried off, and I went inside and made an avocado toast sandwich, and I've never worried about it since. <laughs> that's an important story. Yeah, that's an important story. Yeah, so that's that. why I do what I do. The face told me. And you, man, how was that sandwich? Oh, it's one of the best sandwiches I've ever had. Yeah, it's like a God it was a sandwich. relief sandwich. <laughs> relief sandwich so sandwich relief so tell the people we're gonna wrap things up tell people where you they can find you 11 music everywhere across the board and also not spelled the way you think it's spelled no i know you know it's in terms of branding you know it's like it's kind of tough because you have to say l11 yeah (laughs) when you talk to sarah you have to say l11 yeah um or eleven. Yeah. Sometimes people think, but uh, yeah, it's Eleven Music, E L L E V A N Music. Yeah. Instagram, I have like 365 short clips of music yeah. videos. If you've got a few hours over the weekend, <laughs> you can catch up. No, honestly, I, I've started putting my stuff into playlists on my YouTube channel. YouTube channel would be the best best place to actually check me out. If you want to see the challenge, you'll see the song called Bars with Tyler yeah. that we got, where we're uh, Street Fighter characters in real life. <laughs> Uh, it's on my YouTube channel, so yeah, you can just go youtube.com slash 11music. Um, and also, plug on the uh, Gratitude Equals Fuel shirts that I just released. Nice. Yeah, I, cool. just, yeah, I started like a clothing, like a Shopify clothing nice. store or whatever, but called Life Fuelers. So it's like Very cool. this term called Gratitude. That's on brand. 
right? I like that, yeah. Yeah, it's just like that positive side of it. Yeah, I like that a lot. Cool. Thanks for having me, bro. Thanks for coming on. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, I hope you have... If you're listening to this in the morning, I hope you have a wonderful day. And if you're listening to this in the evening, I hope you have a great night's sleep. Yeah, I hope you enjoy your little masturbation for you. Bye. Bye. I am your doctor.